Welcome to Gratitude Space Radio. I'm your host, Chris Palmore, founder of GratitudeSpace.com. My sincere thanks for listening, subscribing, and rating this podcast. Paul, welcome to Gratitude Space. Hey, it's good to be here. Finally, this took a while. Yeah, but it's uh, you're 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 good at communication. I've been, you know, I'm sure you have too, where you've talked to people and uh, they're not good at all. So you've been you've been really uh, you've been really good about getting back to me. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks. This is a a lesson in not giving up, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I understand that, man. You you're you're easy. I I I I won't get into it, but I got an interview recently from somebody. Uh, I originally reached out to them in an email in 2017. Well, all right. So I'm doing better than that. Oh, you're 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 excellent. I'm just saying you're you're a true sport. You're wonderful. <laughs> well, it's good to finally uh, see you. We've been talking for so long um, on on the phone and and on Facebook and by, by email, and it's nice to see you and um, have a sense for you um, by the nature of this call. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, to give people a backstory, you know, we, uh, I feel like I reached out to you back in 2015. And um, I'd, I'd uh, read your book, and I'd seen uh, you on Facebook, and uh, just was overwhelmed with uh, uh, the community you had, really, is what it was. It was, just, it was overwhelming how much, engage, you know, just to see so many people engaging in a, uh, in a space like yours, uh, in the positive, you know, just the positive message that you, um, that you put out there, this, uh, really moved me. And then the fact that I reached out to you and you actually, you know, with that big of a, you know, uh, that big of a following to actually connect with you, um, really, um, it excited me and inspired me. I, I just wanted to let you know, I wanted to share some gratitude to you. You doing that interview for uh, Gratitude Space is a really big deal to me, man. A really big deal. And I don't know if I ever really told you, I know I thanked yeah. you, but I don't think I, uh, like we didn't talk in the sense to express that, you know, you doing that for me, was such a big deal um, at the time because it allowed me um, to feel like I could ask people with these, you know, to seek out these people that I would go, I don't know if I can reach them because they've got such a big following or, you know, just, just gave me the oomph to go, well, I'll just go ahead and, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You gave, you, your, your interview was spectacular. I loved the interview. It's just the fact that we connected and you did this wonderful thing for me really uh, had an effect on me moving forward. Well, that's good to hear, and um, I'm sure it, it was a very mutual experience. I'll have to go back and read that interview. It's been a while. Um, oh, I'll, I'll send it to you, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's been a long time, so. Yeah, it's been great. Well, Paul, hopefully, can you, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, hopefully uh, there'll be some consistency in my <laughs> messaging from uh, a few years ago to now, but we'll see. Maybe uh, things have changed with me, too, so we'll find out. Uh, maybe that, or you just adding a little more, a little more knowledge to it, because they're pretty open format questions. So um, I'm sure it's <laughs> it's good. So Paul, could you, um, you know, opening up here, could you just uh, tell people a little bit about yourself if they don't know you already? Sure. Um, I actually um, trained as a, a therapist, got involved in healthcare administration for work. Um, now, for my real job, I run a nonprofit. Uh, in New Hampshire that um, has about um, almost 500 employees and we serve people with developmental disabilities and brain injuries and also elderly people and the whole emphasis of our of, of that side of my life is um, keeping people who um, might not have everything going the way they would like in the community safely and productively and living a good life so it's our sort of tagline is creating opportunities for a good life and we recognize that we can't necessarily give everyone um, the good life but we want to even the playing field so that people with disabilities and people with um, brain injuries and, and elderly people um, have an opportunity to to have the best life that they can um, in the community so it's all geared around keeping people out of institutional care living in the community like everybody else. And um, it's, it's, it's wonderful work. Uh, I've been so fortunate uh, in, in that side of my life with, with my career in that I've um, 
even though I trained as a social worker and never did that, what I thought I was going to do, which was more counseling and one-on-one -on -one therapy, I got to um, do sort of my heart's calling, which was to um, be of service in some small way to people. So that's that side of my life. And then about 10 years ago, um, I wrote my first book, which was called Begin With Yes. Um, and it, it started with just the title um, and not a lot of content. And I have a, a friend who is, um, Mark Schoenfield is his name, and he wrote a Broadway musical um, from New Hampshire. He's somebody that at one time was homeless himself, and, and he really accomplished this amazing thing of writing a Broadway musical and then getting, he had no connections in New York and he got um, that show on Broadway and it ran for almost a year. So he's, a, he's an incredible marketeer. Um, and uh, so I was having lunch with him and I, I, I run ideas by him uh, and I ran that idea begin with yes and he immediately thought that, that, um, that there was a lot of energy and feeling in that title. And then I went back to and looked at all the, I do a lot of public speaking in my other work. Uh, and so I looked, I looked back at, at like probably six or seven years of um, speeches really um, that I had done and found that I had this common message that tied beautifully to the title begin with yes. Yeah. So that's sort of how it all started. Um, and the writing is kind of a, it's a process, I think, just like our conversation today where we don't know exactly where it's gonna take us. And um, so I, I use, in writing begin with yes, I use a question and answer format because I thought that uh, sort of was in my blood that therapy conversation, wanting to talk to people. Um, and, and by doing that question and answer, I would present a thought or a piece of information and then that would lead to a question in my own head which I thought might be in the heads of other people who were reading uh, the material. And so it sort of took on a life of its own. And at the same time, I was developing the social media page. And um, for anyone that's, that's starting a social media page, uh, at the beginning, it, it can go very, very slow. I can remember after maybe even a couple of years, um, I was at 10,000 people. Um, which I thought was great because I know very few um, Facebook pages even reach 10,000 people. So I was very excited about that. And then I started picking up steam and my, the level of engagement on my Begin With Yes page is really, really strong. So there's a real sense of community, lots of sharing and people um, posting my posts. And then I can remember one, um, one weekend, um, I was in Key West with, with Michael and we were walking down the street and I'm, I'm always checking my phone. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure that's a positive, but uh, I, I'm one of these people and all of a sudden it's like something happened. And, you know, it was like 10,000, 11,000. This is while I'm walking. Like every time I looked, there were like 2,000 more people or 4,000 more people. And it was like, uh, it, it really then took on a life of its own. And I, and, uh, I think it just reached that tipping point that people talk about. Um, and then we got to 1 million. And um, then, then I thought, I mean, that was, my goal was 10,000. I thought when I, I thought that was a home run. And then, um, and then when we got to a million, I, I, I just was obviously um, thrilled with that community because again, the community is very engaged. So it's people sharing, talking, um, adding comments, adding thoughts, asking questions, supporting each other. And, um, and then um, fortunately it continued to grow and now we're at 2.1 million, I think um, right now. So uh, it's, it's the bigger that social media site has gotten, there's a tendency to, well, you can't connect to with everybody in the same way you could when they were 50 or 100, or 200. But I definitely have, have gotten great joy and, um, and and spend a lot of time being present to that community myself. And so um, I've been able to sort of maintain that sense of we are all part of a community here and uh, let's keep talking. So 
um, and, that, and then from that, from begin with yes, so that was my first book, and then um, I wrote several other books after that, um, and they were all self-published, by the way, through Amazon, um, mm -hmm. which I, I'm a real advocate for self-publishing. Um, and then my last book, um, which I felt certainly, it's called Be Amazing, and it, it sort of continues in the same vein, but it was, I, I feel, and, and do still feel that it was totally new material. And because I had the, the following on Facebook, I was able to get an agent in New York, and then my agent in New York was able to get a traditional publisher. And so it would be amazing I went the um, traditional publishing route. Um, and that book's been out for about six months. It's doing pretty well. And I think the jury is still out of people um, ask me, would I self-publish or would I go with a publisher? I, I don't have enough information to tell you that um, one is better than the other. So, um, but self-publishing absolutely um, worked well for me. And uh, so if anyone's listening to this and writing a book or thinking about writing a book, um, the, the door is wide open to you uh, to make that happen. So there you go. I'll try to I'll try to do shorter answers. Oh no, it's fine. It's just fine. That's no, great, and I, I completely uh, you know I've been working on my book this whole year, and uh, yeah, so you know self publishing is the way to go. Is uh, unfortunately you know people think it's a non-starter if they go, oh, I can't write a book because I can't you know it won't be released. Well, you have no excuse. Let's take that off the table. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's really true, and and now I mean the publishing world has really changed. Um, I would not have gotten an agent or would not have gotten a publisher if I didn't have two million. So they were not so much interested in me as they were interested in the platform. So right. I, I would certainly encourage people to put energy into into that as well. For sure, man. For sure, yeah. Um, so getting started with a couple of these questions, and we are going to go back to Be Amazing, because I did read okay. it, and I do have, I want to talk about that for sure. Um, so what does being grateful mean to you? Like if you were, say, for example, if a kid came up to you and you just wanted to simplistically explain it to them, how would you, uh, how would you go about doing that? I, um, I think it's, it's about, about being aware. It's about paying attention. Um, we tend to be bombarded and social media definitely contributes to this. We tend to be bombarded with um, things happening all around us. And I think we become maybe overstimulated in a way and we forget um, to, and, and I, as corny as it sounds to stop and smell the roses, it's, it's that just pausing for a minute and reflecting upon what is actually happening around me right now. I am breathing. I am smelling food cooking. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's a simple, sort of reconnecting with what's real in your life. And I think when you do that, and, and I've been thinking about this a lot, Chris, it's like being in this, and, and this may be contrary to what you think, and please share your ideas too, but it's not being in this sort of artificial, constant state of being grateful for everything without recognizing that there are also other things going on in your life that are scary and, um, and unsettling and especially in these times and so more and more I feel like it's it's about finding a balance that if we if we try to encourage other people or talk to ourselves the way we all do um, and and ask of ourselves or each other to be grateful all the time without recognizing that there's also challenges in life and there are difficulties and there are things that are not perfect and so I think if you can find that balance, then you're more open to authentically having feelings of gratefulness. Um, so it's, it's, I guess, that I, boy, if I tried to explain that to a little kid the way I just explained it to you, he would be getting on his skateboard and, and going down the street mm -hmm. as fast as he could. But I think it's a feeling of appreciation for what is happening. That's beautiful. And I, um... Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And, uh, you know, I even writing the other day, writing, writing the other day, I was like, you know, it would be nice if we could just be in a state of gratitude 24 seven, but that's just not realistic. Uh, and it's not realistic for a lot of reasons. Obviously, 
um, you know, if you're going to be present for somebody, I can't be, for instance, I'm right here right now. So I can't be thinking about, I'm going to be focused on Paul in my conversation. I can't just be thinking, oh, I love the water coming into the, uh, you know, and then the air here is nice. Now we can talk about that stuff, but I can't be sitting with that in my head if I'm going to be paying attention to you or being focused on what we're doing. Um, I think um, what I've been digging into recently is just the mindset of under, uh, you know, a friend of mine has this really great uh, Mind Valley talk, uh, Rejection. He had this really simplistic. He said, put everything into two categories. He's like, He's like, they're either gifts or they're lessons. So it's, just, it's the mindset um, of knowing that anything that's going on, now you might not be able to be grateful for it right now because you're in it, but at some point later, you know, just with the mindset of going, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to look back at this. There are going to be things, um, and there are things in tragedies that you can look back on later that, you know, I mean, from my, you know, I could straight up say, you know, my, with my mother passed away from cancer, you know, I can, I can honestly tell you, um, I was grateful that she wasn't in any more pain. You know what I mean? Uh, straight up. I mean, there's, you know, she taught me a lot of things when she was living in that pain. I'm really grateful for those lessons. Um, you know, and then you can look at aftermath of things. The only reason we're talking right now and having this conversation about gratitude is because of my mom. If, if she, if that hadn't happened to me and all the letter I wrote her and all these things, you know, obviously everything, everything builds on itself and you get, you know, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, I, um, I talked to an amazing uh, uh, man named Teddy who owns a, it's called Grateful People. It's a journal, gratitude journal. And, um, and he, uh, he has a nonprofit. You would love this guy. Um, he, 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 he's, I think they've had 20,000 of these books donated. So they're in like, they're in middle schools where kids are practicing, have gratitude journals in their school. Which just blows my mind how amazing that is. Um, that's only that's one aspect. I could go really far into his story, but what I want to say is like what he said to me was so beautiful. He said his mom had um, I think it was MS growing up, I, and he re, he basically came to the point where he had gratitude for her health condition because he realized that either um, either he could he could be angry about this and have this this pain you know have this anger or he could just go, this is my mother. I love my mother. It's so beautiful. You know, uh, again, you know, um, and obviously he didn't wake up in that moment. That's something he had to come, come to, but right. just, just to be able to look back because his mom, you know, his mom passed away a couple months ago and we were supposed to do an interview and, and all this stuff was going on, but he, you know, he had this really beautiful perspective of how much he loved his mother and everything he does with his nonprofit and these journals. Uh, his mom was a massive part of that. Um, so you know, uh, so I'm kind of ranting there, but I'm just, yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's just, uh, obviously things, things, things are not good, but, uh, if we know, it's like a safety blanket, a safety blanket idea. It's like, we know it's there, but at any given moment we can choose to change focus. If it's just for a moment and think right. about something else that allows us to step away from our grief and pain, which is sometimes all you need. Uh, it's just knowing that's possible, knowing that the raft's there, right. knowing that there's something to grab onto. Obviously, you can't hang on to it like we were saying. You can't just say your life can't be this, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think that that's really an interesting idea, Chris. It's that um, sort of recognizing how powerful our thoughts are and where we place our energy. And so I think that um, telling people who um, are, are having trouble paying their rent right now or, or getting food on the table to look on the bright side, I think is, is, um, is, is not a kind thing to do. I think that um, right. people need to, I don't think people need platitudes. I think that they need um, role models and, um, and, and to be around people who are willing to let them be authentically who they are dealing with what they're dealing with. And, um, and then, you know, some of the most grateful people are people with less rather than people with more. So it's not about things. Um, not, yeah. So I, I, I don't know, it, it feels to me like sometimes the people that are, are, have the most challenging lives also go to that place of feeling grateful for other things more easily than other people um, who, who seem to have more um, 
going for them. So um, it's, it's an interesting um, dynamic that uh, we could probably talk about for a whole hour. So it's, it's a state of mind, I guess, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's being, I, th I think we do have the capacity to kind of rewire how we think. And so if, we, if we're around people who remind us gently um, about the good things in our life, or if we naturally can begin to identify them ourselves, then we, have, we still have to deal with the realities that we're presented with. Um, and there are lots of um, very challenging realities in the world right now. Um, but even then, um, find opportunities um, by switching gears, by, by just saying, okay, I, you know, I'm gonna stop thinking about that for a moment and discover something here that I'm grateful for. And um, it's, it's like we're surrounded by miracles. We just never notice them because we're too busy paying attention to other things, right? Right, totally. And that's something in your book I did make note about uh, you talking about that. Yeah, I was, um, you're a, that's a good, you know, I, I, you're talking about, you know, people in these hard times. And, and obviously, obviously somebody going up their door and knocking on going, what are you grateful for? Obviously, that would be a really negative and bad, uh, just a horrible experience for anybody. But on the flip side, if you're a friend to somebody going through it, it's completely different. Um, you know, when I, when I, when I'm around people I care about, and I, I know they're, they're, uh, they're talking down the road of negativity and just uh, pain that they're bringing, I know that would psychologically, you know, they're putting themselves back in that place. And uh, it's not, it isn't like this is a constructive criticism thing. This is just them being in a dark place. I, I do my best because I'm a friend. I can sit there and listen, you know, and I can let them know I'm listening, but then I can, because of the way I am, I know them enough to go, well, you know, isn't this nice? Or, you know, uh, which is just because I, I feel like, uh, what are you going to, you know, again, I'm not there to, I'm just do a little misdirection, just a little misdirection for them. Cause obviously whatever they're talking about, I can't help them in that. I can listen to them, be a friend, but I can't fix, you know, I can't, you know, say somebody's saying they, they can't, you know, their, their money's tied about rent. I, I can't fix their rent. Right. Um, you know, um, but you know, if you're a friend to somebody, you can be there with them, which is the most important thing. And then you can obviously redirect some thoughts, if not for a moment, and assist them with the anchor. Um, and, you know, to me, it, it just occurred to me that if you can cry with somebody, then you're more able to laugh with somebody too. And um, so it's, it's, it's allowing both of those experiences to be authentic. It's sort of like, it's, it's easier for me to get to a place of gratitude if someone's not pushing me there. But exactly. someone's holding the door open. I think that's what we can do for each other. It's not, um, I see those flashes of lights too. I'm not sure what's causing it, but. Uh, that's okay. Okay. It's fun. But anyway, <laughs> flashes of it. light, flashes of insight. Um, so anyways, I, I think that we are definitely on the same page. And, and I think sometimes rather than um, forcing um, a sense of gratitude onto somebody that's not ready to receive it, um, being present to the person where they're at and, and having some thoughtful discussions about how you might get to a different or better place um, would be how to hold the door open as well. So. Right, yeah, if you can, yeah, if you can assist them in opening their minds to uh, the possibility this isn't the right. end of the world, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, my favorite yeah. expression, one of them is now what? It's because it's like, uh, it sort of e evokes action um, which kind of circles back to begin with yes, because I used to think um, yes was the more powerful word in that book title, but it's really, a, 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 I've grown to believe it's the begin, it's the doing something, taking action, um, moving. Um, and I think that that is, the, that is the start of so many other things. Even if what you're doing doesn't seem related to the project that you that you are, are focused on. It's like you might be wanting to write a book and you're sitting there looking at that black, black paper holding a pen and you just, that thought's not coming. And so instead of sitting there, I would say get up and clean out a junk drawer or get moving, do something because it's that, that activity that's action. And I know that's, that a lot of people would say sit and be still and, um, and, and, and 
reflect on the moment. And I think that there's definitely time for that. I'm, I tend to encourage people and it's just because it's, I think my own personal style is, is taking action, moving, doing something um, gets you moving and then things begin to fall back into place and then you eventually find yourself back at the table with a, with a thought to write. But trying to force a thought to come when it's not coming is, is counterproductive as I bet you've discovered from time to time as a writer. Yeah, and I, I'll let you know, I, I do remember reading that in your, uh, in, and be amazing, and that did stick out to me. I, I, I feel like that's actually one of the things I copied in here about, uh, okay. you know, about getting out and moving. So I completely, uh, if, you're, if you're stuck, uh, don't give up, but take some time to separate yourself. Uh, again, focus your mind on something else, uh, just taking a walk. I think that's a brilliant idea, because um, obviously you're sitting there, you got an issue and you're overthinking it probably. <laughs> Right. And maybe that's a, maybe the action you take is to walk around um, your neighborhood or your house um, and identify things that you're grateful for as an exercise, um, because that, um, I think, shifts your focus, your energy and, um, and brings you to a better place. For sure. Um, I, so I got this I've got a gratitude question for you. It's a little bit of an experiment experiment I'm doing. So I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer until I ask you to answer. Answer, okay? So I just want to. It's just a level. It's a it's a level thing. So, um, so the question is, who in your life are you grateful for? So get get a name in your head. Don't say it, okay? Now we're gonna see. We're gonna go one more deeper. Who in your life are you grateful for? So get somebody else in your head. Okay, you got that. Now we're gonna go one more deeper. Who in your life are you grateful for? You got that person in your head? Okay. The only, and obviously this has nothing to do with order of importance. I just, I ask the question that way because most people go to the same person every time and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm curious who the third person was. The third person was um, my former wife who passed away um, from colon cancer about 10 years ago. Um, and um, so I did, each time you ask the question, a different person floated into my mind and she was, and she was the, the last person um, because we shared a very unique uh, and, and really amazing friendship, um, even though we were separated um, and I came out as gay um, mm -hmm. much later in our marriage. And, um, but we, um, even though we didn't stay together in a marriage, we stayed together in a friendship. Um, and so my three kids and now my grandchildren um, all got to, experience how two people coming apart um, can still be a, a beautiful thing and something to be grateful for. So, um, so I have a lot of gratitude for Susan. And in fact, I dedicated um, Begin With Yes to her. Um, and she was very close to um, passing away uh, when the book was finally available, but she did get to read the, um, the dedication so I was really happy about that that's beautiful Paul thank you Susan beautiful thank you that's wonderful man I, I appreciate you going to experiment with me again because obviously the problem is I put it on paper and I try to do that you can't do it because people overthink it because it's not about order it's not about order of importance it's just about who's popping in your head right. you know it's just it's just about what's the trigger uh, and mm -hmm. unfortunately in paper writing that down that people overthink it and still think they have to well, I'm going to have to say this person because uh, yeah, yeah, because they'll be really hurt if I don't mention them. Or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, yeah, that's the funny thing too, right? It's, it's a combination of things. It's like the person you go to, then there's the person you feel like you should go to. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you ask me to to tell you the people in my life who I'm grateful for, I, I could go through a very long list of people that are currently in my life and are not and. Some people right. who haven't been in my life for 20 years who are coming back into my life. So it's a fascinating journey. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I was talking with uh, um, uh, Frank Chris is the podcast and he'd done, uh, he'd done, they've done case studies. And basically I think he said that it's either 40 or 50% when you ask somebody the question, who in your life are you grateful for and why? 40 or 50% automatically fall on the mother or father. That's just number one. I mean, I get that. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm there. And even Chris, I was talking to, he was there. But the great thing about it, when he told me that, I was like, well, this is why I want to go, I want to go a couple levels deep. He even went further and said the study said that in America, 
most people fall on their mother, but if you go into like um, Asian, Asian, you know, the, the, the continent of Asia, um, most people would, would fall on their fathers um, because of this customs, you know, which is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, so I appreciate you going through that with me um, and sharing Susan with me. Uh, so let's, let's pivot to your book. I know I, I've got a lot of notes here and uh, you're a book, uh, Be Amazing, Discover Your Purpose, Conquer Your Fears, and Fulfill Your Potential. Um, so obviously, I don't know if I have more questions here or more. I just wanted to talk about what I wrote down here. So for example, I, I like the fact there's no chapters. There's no what? Or, no, there's no specific like chapters. Ah, yes. It's like, it's like an open form. Uh, it just feels like it's an open form journey. I, I really love like, uh, I, I love the fact that you bring, uh, that you're acting like you're having a conversation with somebody else. I like the fun, I really appreciate the fun engagement in uh, having this character, which, um, you know, isn't a per technically a person, per you know, you're not naming the person, but they're engaging with you, allowing um, more of an open dialogue. I really, uh, I like that format a lot. I know you did that. You did do that with Begin With Yes, right? I'm sorry. I know it's been a couple of years since I read it. Um, so, uh, so I, uh, let's see here. So what I'm just, I'm gonna, I, I, I got a lot of notes. So let me just, uh, I really loved uh, the, the Maple uh, Counter Cafe. I love how you, uh, how you built it, um, how you kind of built the storyline around this amazing place. Uh, do you want to, how about you talk a little bit about that? Other than yeah, I mean, because, running. yeah, it's, it's like, um, uh, it, it's like I've written, um, I think, seven different books and, uh, and they were sort of building on Begin With Yes. And I was at that place where I, I had more that I wanted to explore, but I didn't have an idea of where I was going to go. And we were out in Walla Walla, Washington at a, a wedding um, with um, a lot of Michael's friends. And we had asked people, what's the, the best place to get breakfast? And people said, oh, downtown, go to the Maple Counter Cafe. And uh, so we went, we stood in line. It was a Saturday or a Sunday, I can't remember. So um, it was a long wait as really good breakfast places uh, tend to have on the weekend. And, um, but everyone was in good spirits and uh, we're enjoying, it was, a, it was a nice day. We were outside and enjoying it and joking and, and hanging out. And, Every, like every 15 minutes, the uh, hostess would come out and say, hi, everybody, we haven't forgotten you. It was just, they were engaging with the people rather than just letting them stand around waiting. And then we went inside mm -hmm. and we were a big party and we sat down and the chef brought out this um, great big apple pancake and put it on the table and said, thanks for waiting. Um, and um, so I, I took notice of that because that was kind of an unusual thing. Um, and then the, the server came over and everyone was really friendly and there's a lot of smiling and the staff were interacting with their customers and with each other. Others. So there was this community like feel to the place. And then you know some restaurants you can't do substitutions. Well, this place, whatever you wanted, they could do. So they just, that was just their attitude. So tell us what you want and we'll make that happen. And then the food was really great. And I come from New Hampshire and I was over on the West Coast. Um, and so I wasn't expecting that they would have real maple syrup. I visit my kids, I have three kids and they're all live in Florida. And every time I go there, they, I say, do you have maple syrup? And they bring out um, make-believe maple syrup. They, and they mm -hmm. think that's maple syrup. So I'm always surprised when someone has real <laughs> maple syrup. So the Maple Counter Cafe, um, to their credit, had real maple syrup and, uh, so I'm sitting there thinking, and I was kind of, I, I wasn't an, an outsider, but I wasn't, this was a group of, of people who'd gone to college together. And so they, so I was off to the side a little bit, um, just because um, we were there with Michael's close friends. And so I had time to think, and I was thinking, this is an amazing breakfast. The food was really good. The atmosphere was really good. They had real maple syrup. And I began thinking about, how many breakfast places are just okay? And the difference between just okay and amazing was not rocket science. It was really kind of simple. And so then I began, I'm honestly at that table, this book, Be Amazing, began to take shape in my head because I realized that if you could identify what 
amazing would look like for you in any particular arena, then that's all you had to do. You had to just accomplish that to be amazing. And so in my book, I give lots of examples because I'm trying to, to help people see how this works for people at all different places, doing all different kinds of things. You might want to be an amazing friend or an amazing grandfather. Um, I want to be an amazing grandfather. That's one thing I want to do. And so I say, so this is sort of like the, sort of the theory of, of how you do become amazing, which I believe is how you're meant to be. And you simply say, well, what would an amazing grandfather look like to you? What would an amazing grandfather do? And so um, it's a very personal question. And, and you, when you get older, you might answer that differently than how I answered it. But what's key is how do you answer that question? So to me, it meant um, remembering um, my grandchildren's special days, like their birthdays, um, having conversations with them that treated them like they were complete people, like with life, so that it wasn't um, um, sort of a, a lot. I think a lot of people tend to have superficial relationships with their relatives because they, they see each other on special occasions and birthday parties, and so they, they are glad to see each other, but there's no time for really deeper conversations. And so I thought an amazing grandfather would be someone who could go deep into conversation with their grandchildren. Um, and also um, an amazing grandfather would be silly and fun and, and, um, and be different than being an amazing father. Um, right. So once I identified those things, then, then I knew the pathway to be an amazing grandfather. Now that doesn't mean that I'm a perfect grandfather. You could, right. but if you talk to my, um, it's funny. My, uh, I, I feel like a real strong attachment to all of my grandchildren, and they range in age from graduating from college to being in the third and, and fourth grade. Um, and so I have different relationships with each of them. But I learned so much from my grandchildren um, by having real conversations with them. And I think what they get out of it is a real relationship with their grandfather. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not a symbolic kind of relationship, but it's a real relationship. So um, that theory then works like if you want to be an amazing physician or an amazing neighbor or an amazing um, grocery clerk or um, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you want to be, amazing gardener. It's sort of like, then you say, well, what does that look like? And then once you know what it looks like, then you've got your sort of marching order. You say, this is how I'm going to move in that direction. And it's so simple. It's so basic. It's like, how do you be an amazing uh, restaurant? You be nice to people, you have good food, um, and you act like the people are important to you. Um, and you offer like the free pancake. How much do you think that costs them to, to put a, um, apple pancake on the table and say thank you for waiting. But it, it, it created such an impression in my mind that I wrote a book based upon it. And so it's not that hard. And so I really, I, I look around now and I see all these people that are just not going the, that extra few steps. And so they're settling for being an okay place. Okay. And there are many more okay breakfast spots. Right. And I love bakeries and cookies and cupcakes, and there are so many okay cupcakes. Um, but if you're going to go to all the trouble to make a cupcake, why not make it amazing? Right? It's sort of, right. It's sort of anyways, that's, you don't have to buy my book. That's it. Um, it's like you are here to be amazing. Um, you have a sort of what I call in the book a, a spirit blueprint, but it's, it's an inborn purpose, um, a reason for being here. You have passions. And unfortunately, as we grow up, um, many times we're, we're taught not to pursue our passions because they may not be practical um, or may not be in line with what somebody else thinks is, is good for you. Um, and so I, I think more, more people than not tend to push their passion off to the side 
And so I'm saying, hey, rediscover that passion. You know, what, what, what really makes you happy? And um, I, I saw an interesting meme the other day, and I can't record it exactly, but it said something like, if, 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 if you're feeling exhausted all the time, it's probably not because you're only working too hard. It's probably because you're not spending some of your energy doing something that you really love to do and feel called to do. And that really resonated with me. Um, we all have to earn a living. We have to pay our bills. We have to um, pay our tuition if we're going to school. Um, and um, so there are harsh, hard and harsh realities uh, around um, earning money. But I would really challenge everyone, no matter how hard those realities are, is to keep hold of that passion too and find ways to, to if you think of it as a, as a flower, to water those flowers occasionally too. You can always find five minutes. Even if that's all you can find, you can find five minutes. I talked to her, uh, like she would, I don't even know if I wrote this in the, in the book, Be Amazing, but she was a, a woman in her 80s and she always wanted to learn how to play the piano. Um, mm -hmm. I think she you did have this in Be Amazing. Oh, Go ahead, yeah. though. Um, and, and she also wanted to write her autobiography, but she just didn't think she had time. And so we talked about how just a little time in each of those arenas would be enough to get her started. And, um, and she did both of those things. Um, but she, it's like, if we, I guess the, one of the things I think we have to let, we have to learn how to do is not be so overwhelmed by the bigness of what we want um, and focus on little steps. And begin with, yes, I talk a lot about little steps. And so um, you can always find time to take one step towards the direction of something that you want to make happen. Um, and if, if, you, if, it, if, if it takes 10 minutes and you've only got five, then make the step smaller. And if it's a five minute step and you've only got two and a half minutes, make the step smaller, <laughs> but do something um, for yourself. Um, and um, I, I think people are having this opportunity to bloom and become enlivened. And, and, and then by doing that, you probably circle back to being grateful again, um, because you're, um, you're sort of aligned in a way that, that makes sense for you and the universe and your purpose. And, what makes you happy will probably make the people around you happy too. For sure, uh, that's that's a great uh, you know doing doing what you can opposed to doing nothing. Yeah. So I you know I've been talking to a lot of people lately, and you know they're like, well, you know, if you want to get into gratitude, just write down three to five things. You know, in the morning, just write. You know, and I I think that's a great baby step because that takes one minute, and it's as huh. simplistic as you know listing three things off. I think that's a great step in the right direction. You know, that's, that would be like your beginner, you yeah. know? Um, and then, you know, l later on you could go into like, you know, you could take one of those. I'm thinking of like a process. I've been thinking about like a class process or like a, a tier structure, you know? So you would, you, that would be your beginning that allows you to take that baby step because it's so simplistic and anybody can do it and it, it takes one minute, you know? But after you do that for 30 days, you know, you could, you could decide at that point, okay, I'm going to take one of these things and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to express why, <laughs> why I'm grateful for this, you know, because when you start your mind, because I, I call that like, uh, it's like the third dimension of gratitude is, is what I call it. So it's about gratitude taking roots. So, yeah. you know, it's very simplistic. I talk about, I talk about sometimes, you know, you can go, okay, I'm really grateful for water. Okay. So why are you grateful for water? You know, I go, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's pipes bringing into my house, you know, there's fil it's being filtered by somebody, you know, um, I, I can make coffee with it. Uh, you know, uh, I don't have to go out to get it. You know, it, it, there's so many, you know, I, I bathe in it, you know, every other uh, stuff. So, there's so, there's so many levels to that one little thing. Uh, you know, you could, I mean, obviously the fact that I don't have to go at an outhouse, use the restroom, you know, I mean, there's so many, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, there's people in parts of the world don't have water. They got to travel miles and miles. They could be killed along the way. It could be poisonous. I mean, geez, when you start to think about the simplicity of, uh, you know, that's the third dimension. And that, and that idea works with people too, you know what I mean? Uh, which is really great because then you're digging into, well, I'm so grateful. I, you know, 
you know, you got to think about, for example, I go, okay, I'm really grateful we're talking right now, but there's a lot of things that had to happen for this to happen. You know, you had a, you, you know, you, let's just go back to your story. You know, you had to write that book. You had to get that website. You got to get on Facebook. All these people had this, you know, you had to have this following. And then somehow one day um, I'm on Facebook and I see you. But the only reason I'm reaching out to you is because of my past, with my mother and all those things that, ha you know what I mean? Like, it's an overabundance of gratitude for all these little things that make what we have right now. <laughs> yeah, it's this, this, this giant puzzle that seems to be operating out there. And uh, if we stop playing around with the pieces a little bit, they begin to fall into place, uh, I think. So that's, I mean, the story you just told there was really a beautiful one. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I just, I keep thinking about, you know, uh, that would be step two. And then step three, if, I, if I'm putting a course together, would be what I call gratitude squared. And that's when you, um, that's when you actually initiate somebody to share their heart. So for instance, I asked you and you, 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 you know, that question and you shared her with me, that's, that's gratitude squared because for example, me sitting here going, I'm really grateful for this, this, and this, that's really great. But me asking somebody and them sharing it with me, and then us having that engagement is so much more powerful. Um, and I don't think people, unfortunately, I think people do it and they don't know what's happening. And, and, and you know, the origins of my story and, and, and the website, when I had that moment when I had Kate's letter the first time in front of me and I was crying after it and I didn't know why I was crying. And it took me a moment to go, what happened here is, is this exact process. What happened was um, this beautiful letter that exists and it's a, it's a, it's a thing that exists and it's living and it's digital and it can be shared anywhere. And, you know, in a heartbeat, I can send it to you after this conversation only exists. This beautiful letter she wrote to her parents only exists because I asked her to write it. That's it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and that's a powerful thing because what you're in, in, just like you're sharing, you know, you're having somebody share their love for somebody um, openly and it's coming out and I could see it in your mind, you know what I mean? And, and, I, and I get, and I get to ingest that gift. You're giving me a gift. I'm asking you and you're giving me a gift and it's powerful. Um, and it's reflection and it's, and it's just so much more. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, I, as you're sharing that I'm, I'm reflecting I'm my mind is going back to what I was saying about my grandchildren and having those kinds of conversations with them. Um, you know, what they offer back is truly a gift um, in, in terms, it's a, I guess it's intimacy, isn't it? Um, when you yes. um, are, and, and that's something to be grateful for uh, is the opportunity to be intimate with another human being. Uh, that's sort of what keeps us sort of um, whole and, and um, moving, I think, in a positive direction. And um, so many people lack the opportunities for intimacy. So um, I, I, I've often said, you know, I can fall in love with, with someone in an elevator, like in, in a two minute ride. It's just like you make contact, you, you look into somebody's eyes, you, you smile at someone. Um, even with your mask on, you can smile at people with your eyes and you make contact. Um, and that contact is very, very powerful. Um, and very exciting and very fulfilling and energizing and and we all have that ability to to do that um, and so uh, you did that to for me by asking me that question um, so thank you oh you're welcome it's 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 a beautiful it, it allows people for a moment to get out of their head and then they get to share something that, that share someone they love and when we when we talk about things or people we love or places or experiences, we just feel alive, you know? Um, and I, and unfortunately, most of the time people don't listen and, and, and nobody, people just don't go around asking people that question, especially, and the great thing about it being a strange, sometimes it's somebody you don't know very well is you can be more open because they're not, they're not, you, for example, if your family member at your, you know, at your function, you wouldn't be as open to them just because right. of who they are. Cause right. you have this relationship you've already, You've already coined this relationship. Right. I don't, you know, I don't do, I don't express this, and you don't express that, and <laughs> <laughs> that's so, true. Unfortunately, <laughs> some do, but you know, <laughs> the restraints of the relationship is already built. But that's a great invitation to shake things up in, in those kinds of uh, relationships. Uh, 
um, just because you've been that way for the last 20 years, um, especially with family members. Um, what a great invitation to shake things up, be real, um, and see what happens. Um, and I guess be real by inviting somebody else to be real. Uh, right. It's, it's a great gift. Uh, and if you're there to listen and to sort of take that realness in, then, um, then intimacy happens. And so I guess imagine that as sort of like um, an invitation to um, be amazing, more amazing with your relationships with the people already in your life. you can um, begin to do that with the very next person you see. Um, and it's pretty incredible, pretty powerful, pretty, it's like we, we've got superpowers and we, we're just not using them. Right, totally, you do, you have a super, we have a superpower. Gratitude, you know, being present and making someone smile or being a part of somebody sharing love. I mean, that's just, again, it isn't, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I, I've been recently thinking of this idea of like, it's almost like you're conducting, you're like a conductor of an orchestra. You didn't write the music. You didn't teach the person how to play the instrument. You're just there, just giving a little signal. And that's kind of, you know, everything I, you know, I think about what I'm doing, everything that, you know, this podcast and all the interviews and the videos, they're just a way to signal people to go, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? You know, it's just a signal to give a space for them to play if they want to. That's right. it, you know? If they want to, because you can't make anybody play, right. but you can, uh, you can, you can, you know, you can open, you can create a space that allows them comfortable enough, right. you know, to play, which is a powerful thing, right. because without the space, you got nothing, but right. it takes the person. <laughs> without so, yeah, and so that's a good reminder that if it doesn't work with one person, doesn't mean that it won't work with somebody else, and so it's, it, and it's sort of like what I was thinking of as you're talking, it's like charisma, isn't it? Isn't that that is the ability to actually connect with people. And some people have this incredible energy around them. It's a, like a force field. It's like their ability to get, connect with lots of different people in lots of different ways. And I think it's that, um, I, 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 it's that, it's, it's like um, not to go religious on people, but it's, it's sort of like comes from some other place uh, that, that just comes through you. Um, and I, I do feel like we, it's, a, it's a power that we all have and we have not either because we've been embarrassed or shamed or taught not to do that or um, a million other reasons we don't let people see us as we really are um, which is a great right. way to give people permission to to let us see them as they really are for sure yeah I, I think uh, you know I think a lot of people are raised to say thank you but there were not raised to say why, to really say why and what's going on, you know, what is the mechanics of this thought process? It's, it's just a, this is what you say. This is, you know, <laughs> A equals B. Um, so I know, uh, I know, I, I, got, I, I know you, you've got a little, uh, we got a little more time here. I'm going to get to, I, I had so many things about your book when you, I feel like you, um, you know, you, you shared a lot of what I was going to say. I do have, I do have a lot, like I said, I did have a lot of notes. Um, uh, I loved, uh, just going back to the top, I love the statement. You said that the cafe, you know, determined to create a place that, that smiles on the world. And I, I love, I love that sort of smiles on the world. So like, what, how, how, how can you create a life that look, that would be smart, you know, where people would think that, you know, to be, and that's, that's amazing. You know, I had this, the six qualities here. Um, I wrote all those down, uh, you know, having intention that becomes your narrative, even if it's only one sentence long, having intention, obviously, um, kindness and generosity, um, being accommodating, creating a community, being authentic, um, focusing on your passions. I'm sorry, I just had so much stuff here. I was just stuck. Um, you know, you said, uh, so you, see, you gave a list of ideas of people give, that give themselves uh, to why they can't be amazing. So I was thinking, you know, people give themselves a long list of why they can't do this. And I was thinking how this relates to gratitude and why, why others think they can't be grateful. Um, right. You know, they're stopping themselves because they, they've already got a list of so many things to get through before they can go, I'm grateful. <laughs> so I thought that was really, uh, I, I really love that. Um, you know, uh, see here, you have the two fundamentals, uh, our thoughts, our willingness to take action. 
um, a fear. I loved your I loved your uh, story about being on the beach and having a different experience um, mm -hmm. between you and Michael. Uh, I I think I love that story, and I love I I love though I I think that there'd be a great just to have a book of those stories. Yeah, George stories. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like those. It's the stories that people identify with, um, and and the humanness of those stories. I think if I have one other last thing I could to could talk about for just a minute is, is yeah, go ahead. How we sort of reframe. How we have the power to reframe things, our experience, um, and um, the sort of classic story, which is a real one, is a guy at the gym who is really a nice guy. I see him every day, or I haven't been going to the gym lately, but I used to see him uh, at the gym every day. And I would ask him, how you doing? Um, and if it was Monday, he would say, Mondays suck. Um, and a lot of people feel that way. We've got Mondays, we've got hump day, um, thank God it's Friday. Um, and so, so these kinds of messages seem innocent, but um, I did the math for the Mondays suck um, and so this is, this is not true about Mondays. This is just how this man has chosen. And lots of people have chosen or decided to frame what Mondays are going to look like. So I right. did the math, um, and it, it wasn't my idea. I was telling someone the story, and they said, do, they said, do the math, and I did. And it turned out to be like 10 years of his life suck. Um, that's a day a week, simply because that's what he's telling himself. Um, and then I would see him at the end of the week and he would say, thank God it's Friday. And I'm thinking like, so it wasn't just Monday that sucked, but it was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday too. So it's, we have this tendency to judge things, which I think maybe human nature, it's like, um, that was a stupid movie or, um, the book was no good, or that's an ugly house or, um, we tend to make judgments about things, which is, which is human nature and it's fine. I find myself doing it all the time. But lately, not lately, for the last few years, when I find myself doing it, I've, I've tried to um, recognize that what I'm really saying is, in my mind, that's what that thing is. Right. It's really, I'm labeling it. I'm calling it out as something. And so... Um, and this really came home because we I was driving with Michael and I saw this house and it just looked very complicated. It looked like they put on a hundred different editions and mm. I said, oh my God, look at that ugly house. And he called me out on it and, um, and he was right to do that because that was actually somebody's idea of a dream house. Right. Um, it wasn't an ugly house. And so I, I, I'm working at this and I continue to to catch myself when I'm making those kinds of judgment and I try to reframe it. And so I reframe that simply by saying that wouldn't be the style of house that I'm drawn to. Right. Which is much, much more neutral. Like that's an ugly house puts out, um, like I sort of believe we put out energy into the universe and like that's an ugly house puts out ugly energy. Um, and so if you can begin to um, see how you can um, reframe things like I talked in my book and I think you're mentioning this is like on a it's 90 degrees outside and some people say oh my god it's so hot I can't breathe um, and then other people say oh my god I love the sunshine and it's a perfect beach day um, right. so the day is the same right it's 90 degrees and it's very warm out but people frame that different and how we frame it then becomes what it is we create our realities and so if you realize that what you're actually doing and what we're all doing 24 hours a day is observing what's going on around us and then creating that as based upon what we have, the thoughts we have in our head, and then that becomes real. And that's not real. It's only real because that's how you're perceiving it. And so that's why people, that's why relationships are so different because we don't all see things the same way. Um, and so if you can be open to the idea that how you're seeing this may not be how someone else is seeing it, then you open the door for there to be some conversations and some um, willingness to recognize that um, if we're going to create 
our reality. Let's put some energy into creating realities that are more positive for us. For so, sure. And I, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's sort of, it's like, it's, it's no fun to listen to people complain about how hot and miserable and humid it is. And it's no fun to be that person saying how hot and humid and so it's sort of like, and I'm not saying don't ever complain because it's fun to complain, but I mean, take it down a notch. Um, reduce your complaining by 25% if you can. And when you feel yourself getting ready to complain, turn it around, reframe it. Um, and it's, it's really easy to do. It's kind of a game and it's kind of fun. And if you begin not to talk about how horribly hot and humid and uncomfortable it is, you'll become less hot and humid and uncomfortable. Yeah, you're focusing it on obviously. I, I just think I think those stories are so great because they they really drive home, like you said, uh, it's it's who you are, not what's going on. And your quote in your book is from uh, Anise Nen: "We don't see things as they are; we see things as we are." And I. <laughs> I, I, I think it just, uh, I think that's just a great, they're just stories of such great examples of going, okay, you're making, you truly are making this decision. This is truly your choice. So you have a choice in it. Allowing people to know they have a choice in their misery or their happiness is, uh, I mean, I just think those stories bring it home so simplistically. It's just, it's, you, you have a choice in this. As soon as you decide a choice, at least know you have a choice, okay? Then you can choose, you know, it's okay. You go ahead and say you have the past. You keep going on, that's fine. Just as long as you know you have a choice. Right. <laughs> you know, I think it's a, I think it's a powerful statement. Um, so al along your uh, journey with Begin With Yes and Now Be Amazing, have you found any, uh, are there any other social media accounts or sites or apps or bloggers, anybody that you would recommend us checking out? Um, well, I have another um, page I started um, this year called Be Amazing, which sort of focuses on, on that particular book. Um, so I would invite people to find that as well. Um, there's um, a wonderful um, woman who's doing a lot of interesting work on grief um, and she's written a book called Seconds First and she has written another book. Um, her name is uh, Christina Rimbusen and I can give you her, her website. She'd be a wonderful person for you to chat with. Um, okay. She, she lost her husband when, to colon cancer when they were very young. They had young small kids. Um, and so she did a lot of grief work herself and began there in her early career. She was helping people deal with, with the grieving process, uh, especially people that were stuck in that grieving place. But more recently she's been, her most recent book is where did he go? And she explores the afterlife in a very beautiful, um, meaningful way. That's pretty powerful. So I would, um, look for her book Seconds First on Amazon okay. and then find out and look for her other books and track her down that way. But she's a, she's a beautiful soul and a wonderful person to talk to. And um, I think the world of her. And um, so that's the one that pops into my head when you ask. When you ask. Thank you. Uh, thanks, man. I definitely will check that out. And I'll end up putting all in the show notes so people can check it out too. Uh, so, so in closing, I know we, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here, but if you you know, what's one lesson that you could share with people uh, that, you know, that you could, one thing you would tell people, okay, if you want to get into grads, you want to become more grateful, um, I would recommend doing this. If this is something you're interested in. Yeah, I would, <laughs> right. I would, I would say um, it's really what, what you've been saying all along, Chris, and I think that is it, sometimes we have to force ourselves to sit still for a minute and ask ourselves to, to name some things we're grateful for. It's sort of like we're moving at such a fast pace. We're trying to get so much done. We're trying to be amazing. We're trying to begin with yes. We're trying to make all these things happen and deal with all these things that, that we don't take that moment to just sit down and say, Paul, what are you grateful for? Um, and um, I think I, I think that I would, the last thing that I would like to say is that I am grateful for you um, because you um, were very patient with me um, and being able to speak with you and see your face and, and get to know you. Um, I'm grateful for a stronger connection with you now than I had before, which is kind of a sweet, good thing. Um, so that's what I will, I will keep that um, 
forefront of, of my thinking today, for sure. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Paul. I really, again, like I said, I've, uh, I, uh, you, you, you uh, being so kind now and being so kind years ago really, um, really had a huge impact. You've had a huge impact on me. So being able to finally talk with you and at least verbally uh, share that, I mean, I really, it really, uh, what, what you, you know, your books are great and your community is great, but just you being this real guy that, uh, that gave us, that gave us time to me, uh, years ago and now, uh, it really does mean a lot to me. And, um, and it's, uh, and you've had a huge effect on my life. And uh, I thank you for that. And I thank you for your new book. And I'm, I'm happy that I could read it and talk to you about it and, um, and share it with people and these ideas. And like you said, they don't have to get the book, but it, uh, we did share great ideas here, but if they want to dig into it, I think with books, obviously they don't have to get it, but with the great thing about a book is you can sit down for five minutes a day, like we were talking about and just, uh, just give that time. And that's, you know, um, I know I enjoy just sitting down for five or 10 minutes reading, uh, you know, reading your book. And I love, I love also the fact that it's, it's a hundred pages. So, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's anybody can pick it up and not feel like, uh, they're going to be, you know, giving their life to read this book. It's more of a, I, I love, I, you've, you've helped. I want to thank you one more, one more thing real quick. I know, you, <laughs> uh, you know, I've been working on my book and I had this big memoir idea. Um, and because I was reading your book and somebody, a couple other people's books that I'm interviewing, I realized, you know, I got your book right here. I, I realized I was like, I was like, I don't need, I, I was like, I just need a simple, simplistic, I need a short, I need a e easily digestible in the sense it's not long. I need a simple, a simply, simply short book. I don't need, uh, it's not smart for me. I, I love my story and I want to do the memoir one day. And I'm, I, I'm, and ideally that's, that could be down the road. I'm not letting that go. But right now, what Chris needs to do is I need to get a good book about that says share my story, but shares gratitude. So and it's simplistically digestible. Um, because that's what people that's the best format for people to meet you. And, to, you know, so I want to thank you. You're like I said, it was you and two other books I read um, that just maybe go, I need to rethink what I'm doing. I need to make I need to make this simpler. Because I'm yeah, over I, I do think that's one of the things people like about my book. And I should say that people can download Begin With Yes for free on my website, which is www.beginwithyes.com. So if you can't afford to buy it, um, there's a link there so you can download it for free. And I just came out with a Spanish edition. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, that's with, awesome. Yeah, with, that's within the last wonderful. two weeks. So I'm very excited about that. I'm trying to work with some friends of mine in Puerto Rico to get that into the hands of people uh, there who... Um, they're having a really challenging time as, as their people are in other countries as well. So um, that's what motivated me to get it in, in, translated to Spanish and it's available on Amazon and um, I'm working at making that available for free too. So, um, so please uh, join the Begin With Yes community, be part of it. And yeah. uh, just keep, well, you and I will talk again soon, Chris. This is an open call to anyone that has a gratitude story or practice that they'd like to share. Just email me at the address hello at gratitudespace.com. That link will be in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us. You could look at this as a way of showing me a little gratitude. Just a friendly suggestion. Thank you for tuning in to Gratitude Space Radio and we're out.